So if you take notes, I'd like to give you four things. And it's all in verse 9. And one is, the Lord will, he, actually, what's happening here is David wrote this psalm, and some of the psalms are written by David's, what you might call, music director, uh, band director. But David wrote this psalm, and he is asking God on behalf of Israel to do these four things. And today, I would like to ask God on behalf of the United States of America that God would do these four things. And I, I'm going to stand on this, and, and all week long, I'm going to be thinking about these things that I'm asking God to do. God will not force His will on you. He won't force His will on anybody. You know, there's people on the right side of the Lord. There's people that have fallen away and strayed from God. Now, when I say fallen away, I'm talking about people that knew better, but they chose to go the wrong way. People that were trained up to follow the Lord, but they've fallen away from that way of life, and they have not really given their heart. See, that's the five that gets left behind. The people that they knew what to do, but they didn't do it. Jesus said, the people that know what to do, but they don't do it, are beaten with many stripes. He says that the people who do know what to do, and they do it, are saved, but the people that don't have any idea what to do, are not going to be punished as severely. They're not going to inherit heaven, but they're not going to receive as extensive punishment. I do not pretend to know what all of that means as far as punishment in heaven, I mean in hell, but I do know this. Jesus said it, so I believe it. And I know that everyone in this room today, we know, we know that Jesus is real, and that he wants you to follow him. So you know the instructions. Give your life to him. It matters eternally. It matters eternally when you give your life to Jesus Christ. And so David is crying out to God on behalf of his people, and he's going to ask for these four things, and that's the sermon I want to bring to you today are these four things. Number one, he says, Save thy people. How basic, how fundamental is that? No matter how far science advance, even if we put a man on Mars, even if we develop uh, artificial intelligence, even if we come up with vaccines to cure every disease, no matter how far we get, and praise God, I thank God for technological advancements, medical advancements, and I believe they are gifts from God. But I also believe that things can be used for the devil's purpose. I thank God no matter how far advanced we get as a society, there's still only one way to be saved. And that is through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why I'm thankful for that. Some use that against us. Oh, you Christians, you think that you gotta, you know, you're the chosen ones well what about all the other religions out there you get that a lot right what about all the other okay let me tell you why i'm thankful that jesus is the only way you know part of me more and say well why not just make every religion where you get to go to heaven why didn't god just do that and then more people would get to go to heaven right i mean isn't that the way human beings think well let me tell you why that i'm thankful that jesus is the only way 
Because Jesus is the only being in the universe who was without sin. Jesus is the only being in the universe who literally can come into your heart and live his spirit inside your body. There isn't anybody else who can do that except the devil and demons. And that's not salvation. That's condemnation. So I'm thankful that Jesus Christ is the only way, oh, not just because he was without sin, not just because he can live in my heart, but because he owns this planet. He owns this planet. And you and I, the Bible says, are joint heirs with him. And we're going to get into that. And so, yeah, I believe with all my heart that the reason God sent Jesus Christ is because his blood was the only sacrifice that could wash our sins away. There wasn't anybody else. In fact, it says, they searched through heaven. I, John, looked and I saw heaven. And I saw as they looked through heaven, searching for someone to open the book. And no one was worthy except for one. His name was Jesus. Did you know that that's not his heavenly name? What is his heavenly name? Is it Yahweh? Is it Yeshua? Uh, no, those are Hebrew names. What is his heavenly name? The Bible says, no man knows. The Bible says when he comes back, he will have written across his vesture a name that no man knows. That's his heavenly name. And we're going to learn his name one of these days. But on earth, we're supposed to praise his name in our own respective language. We're supposed to praise his name, either Yeshua or Jesus or whatever language you speak. The name of the Messiah is Jesus. He's the only way to be saved. And that is good. It's a good thing. It doesn't leave people out. Why? Because he said Whosoever will may come. He said, Whosoever believeth in me shall not perish. Whosoever calls upon my name shall be saved. If you're here today and you don't know for sure that you're going to heaven if you died, that's the number one most fundamental thing of all is to call on the name of Jesus, ask for mercy and forgiveness. Ask him to come live in your heart and take over your life. You know, there's no magic words. You can't say the right words. It's all about whether you really, really, really mean it. If you do with all your heart, guess what will happen next? Your heart's door will open. And the Lord will come in. And so David is asking for the Lord to save the people. I know that if everyone in America, and I know it's not going to happen that way, but if everyone in America would accept Jesus as their Savior, there would be no more 
rioting and burning. There would be no more murders. There would be no more uh, terrible sins against children. We should pray, God, please save our people. When we do that, we're talking about their eternal soul. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? So first of all, we should ask God to save our people. Secondly, we should ask him to bless his inheritance. Now that's a little different. Bless thine inheritance. Jesus, I mean, he's talking about Jesus in the Old Testament because here's what God said. God said, this planet, this planet and this human race and all the creatures on it were created by him. For him to glorify him. And for his pleasure. Have you ever thought about that? We're created for his pleasure. And that's really our purpose is to please God. So when you're asking God, bless thine inheritance. Oh Lord, please bless thine inheritance. I know that's an old phrase that we'd never probably use today. But in modern terms, you're saying, Lord, please bless our people. Please bless our land. You see, the land is part of this earth that's going to live forever. The Bible says that one day God's going to recreate this earth and the heavenly city's going to come down here and we're all going to live here forever. That is our inheritance. That is our inheritance, the eternal home of God. Bless your inheritance. That is something probably that a person only understands after Bible study. The people out there, you know, they don't understand that. We shouldn't expect them. We should not expect people that are not saved to understand the things that we understand. It gets frustrating to me. I think, how can anybody think that way? You know, or I think, how do they not see that? <clears throat> well, because they don't see with spirit eyes like you and me. They don't see with their spirit. They don't understand because Jesus is not in them. But we want him to be. It's not our job to hate people. It's our job to bring them into the family of God. And that's what we try to do. So, first of all, he cries out, Lord, please save your people. And then he cries out, Lord, please bless thine inheritance. And I want to tell you that Jesus Christ wants to bless you. Jesus Christ wants to provide for you. Jesus Christ, he wants to give you a bright future. He does not have evil planned for you. He does not have bad things in store for you. Now, they might happen. Bad things happen, but that's not part of God's plan for you. He wants you to be blessed. Yes, He wants you to prosper in your life. He wants you to succeed in your life. He wants you to excel in everything that you do. As a school teacher, uh, all those years, you know, I heard people talk about, uh, if you'll give $1,000, you'll find 100000 in your mailbox or whatever. And I thought, wow, that's like 
five-year salary. Well, the Bible never says anything like that. Here's what the Bible says. If you'll follow the Lord, serve the Lord, give to the Lord, work for the Lord, you'll never go hungry. You will never lack for what you need in life. And some people will excel and prosper in man so they can build the kingdom of God. I am so thankful for people who gave to build these buildings. I'm so thankful for people who give where we can lift up the cross. You know, uh, the Christ of the Ozarks is kind of under our care right now for the last seven or eight years. It's the largest statue of Jesus in the USA. And people are trying to tear down the statues of Jesus all over the United States. Some of them, they're cutting their heads off. I'd like to try and see that. I'd like to see them try that. That's a big statue. But you know what? We have an obligation as Christians to lift up Jesus so people will be drawn to him. And one of the best ways is to praise God every time he blesses you. To praise God when he blesses his inheritance when he blesses you he's blessing his inheritance so i try to do that sometimes i fail but i try hard to thank god in front of others for the things that he's done for me how can i say thanks for the things that he has done for me you know that old song i love that how can I adequately ever thank him? The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary The blood that gives me strength From day to day It will never lose its power This is what you're inheriting, the blood of Jesus Christ, the force that created the universe, can empower your life, can bless your family. I want the best for my kids. Right now, I'm worried for my grandkids. I'm worried about what they're going to have to grow up in. They're all so little. There's like 10 or 12 of them. And they're all so little. And I think, oh, Lord, can't you just go ahead and save them now? You know what I mean? With parents, we feel that way, don't we? Grandparents, we feel that way. Our country is in a big mess. And I'll tell you, I'm all for being involved in the elections. But the White House is not going to save America. It's going to take the repentance of the people toward Jesus Christ. And I am thrilled that I see that happening. I have been seeing uh, reports of people being saved in the midst of all this turmoil. Lord, save thy people. Lord, bless thine inheritance and feed them also. There's going to come a time where we're going to be praying not just over our food, but we're going to be praying for food 
there's going to come a time where when we get a piece of bread to eat, we're going to thank God so much for that food. With everything inside of us, we're going to thank God because he has fed his children. The devil is going full speed ahead with all guns blazing. You may have seen it on my Facebook page, but two nights ago I was on a phone call with a pastor friend. He hosts a prayer, pastor's prayer call from around the United States. And uh, one of the pastors said when he got home the night before in his farm in Oregon that he caught someone lighting his hay bales on fire. And his neighbor at the nearby farm did the same. The same happened to her. And now there's so, several people that are being arrested for setting these fires. It's amazing to me how the devil, the devil manipulates information. It's so hard to know what's true. But I'm going to believe that preacher who said with his own mouth and his own eyes that he drove up to his own home and that was fire was being set. I'm going to believe that account that says, and I think it's Almeida that killed so many people, that they have arrested two people in connection with going out and starting those fires. There's a long list now. It's growing Probably by the time we get out of church, there'll even be more arrests. It is not possible for 200-plus fires to just simultaneously happen. It has to be a deliberate attack, and I'm telling you, the devil is trying to destroy the church. Our brother in Christ, John MacArthur, in California, being fined over $50,000. One church after another after another this morning in California got to their front doors where they were taped shut by our government, and that is from the pits of hell, and we are the inheritance of Jesus Christ, and we're not going to take it. Jesus Christ, we call on Him to save our people, bless our, His inheritance, and to feed us. The devil wants the church house closed because that's where we get our spiritual food. I have had a few people in my life, and I'm very thankful for it, that said, wow, I really got a lot out of that, or, that really fed my spirit today, you know, and it makes me feel good when somebody... And once in a while, somebody will say, I'll say, well, I haven't been seeing you. Well, i just not getting fed there. Same church, same service, and one person's not getting fed and the other person's getting fed. And it used to bother me a lot. It doesn't bother me anymore. I'm not telling you that because I'm also worried or bothered. I'm telling you that to say this. You walk in that door hungry, you're going to get fed. Daddy used to say it this way. If you come in this church house and there's a broomstick sitting behind the pulpit, you ought to still be able to have church. 
Now, he wasn't campaigning for him to hire a broomstick. But I want to say from down in the depths of my soul, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. God is so good that he never fails. He's not going to fail us now. We are the church. We can't expect everything to go right, but I believe God hears your prayers. I believe God hears your prayers. I believe God hears your prayers. And I'm asking you to pray, God, please save your people. God, please bless your inheritance. God, please feed your people. And the last one, this is the one we like to talk about the most. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. You know, that's in Psalms 2, by the way. Um, it says, you will live 70 years and 80 years if you're strong, and then fly away. And the Bible is real clear that one of these days our soul's going to leave our body and fly away. One of these days when the trumpet sounds, those who are alive and remain are going to fly away and be changed. One of these days when the Lord shakes the earth, he's going to wake up millions from the grave and give them a brand new body. And so this last one, Lord, lift them up forever. That's the one we like the most. That's the one I talk about the most. It's the one that I'm excited about the most. But I, want, I just want other people to be excited about it too. I don't want my loved ones to be lost forever. I don't want the people I care about, you know, to cease to exist, to have to go to hell instead of heaven. I don't want them to be punished in a, a lake of fire and all the things the Bible talks about. I don't want any of that. I want them to be lifted up forever. I know that I know that I know that in spite of my in spite of me turning off the microphone the Lord has saved me he's forgiven me I'm not perfect but he's going to take me to heaven when I die whosoever believeth on him shall not perish shall not experience the second death, but shall go to be with the Lord forever. Lift them up forever. Oh, God, please touch my family and my friends and my neighbors, all those people that I don't even know. God, please pour your spirit out on the USA and all over the world. God, please let people know that you are God. I think he's already done enough that people should know that he is God. But it's not wrong to pray for the Holy Spirit to move. God, please save our people. Lord, please bless thine inheritance. Lord, please feed our people. And God, please lift us up forever. In Jesus' name. Well...
today when you leave here, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I'm going to ask you to write down three people, that first ones that come to your mind that you would like to see come to church with you. Just write them down. There's power in writing their name down. And I, wanna, I want you to ask God on behalf of those, God, will you save these people that I've written on my list? God, will you bless them with your inheritance, the inheritance of the Holy Spirit? Lord, will you feed them? Lord, will you lift them up forever? And I pray that you would, in Jesus' name, pray over those names that they would come to know the Lord. And maybe they would be open to coming to church with you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those preachers that, yeah, I love it when the place is packed full. Uh, but the number one thing is that we reach them for Christ and that you learn about Jesus. Accept him as their Savior. How do you accept Christ? You pray to him with all your heart and you really mean it. Lord, please forgive me. Please come live in my heart. I give my life to you, and you've got to really, really, really mean it. Lord, I give my life to you. Then you start talking to him and reading his word, and you really follow him. And he will write your name, or I should say, he will seal your name with his blood in the book of life.